You are tuned into the Fox Motorsport Supercars podcast. But just before kickoff, I'd love to alert you all about a brand new product on the Fox Sports Podcast Network, The Splash. Hosted by myself, Phil Pryor, it's a short, sharp, Monday to Friday production looking at the Fox Sports website's major headlines, stories and part of the process too. Please search and subscribe. That's The Splash on iTunes and also Spotify now. Thanks for your attention. Now time for the show. This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast with your host, the Pit Lane Rogue. Well, after a massive weekend at Newcastle, we uh, thought we'd get all the gang together for our last hurrah for 2017. So welcoming Will Dale from foxsports.com.au. Hello, hello. Welcome, Will. And Lewis Isaacs, freelance motoring journalist. Welcome, Lewis. Hello, everyone. And our resident legend from Erebus Motorsport for the last time this year, David Reynolds. Welcome along. Thanks. Oh, it doesn't have to be our last time. Uh... <laughs> Well, <laughs> probably forever. Probably no, forever. no, no, no. We'll be. So poorly, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be back. Um, Did we get an award? We we came runner up for the Supercars Media uh, Awards. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Sorry. So, oh, right. thank you for all those people in the media that voted and those that didn't. You know. Um, so, Will, what was your weekend highlight? Got to say, my personal highlight was seeing Todd Hazelwood clinch the Super 2 Championship. He put up a strong fight throughout the year against a very, very strong competitor in Paul Dumbrell. And the whole hopping back into the car again at Sandown straight after his massive shunt at the S's. Like, full credit to him. He's a classy young dude. Head screwed on well and should go alright in the main game next year. Yeah, I, I, we've had big raps on, on Todd for the amount of years... A number of years that he's been, you know, in doing the categories, he's kind of done it the hard way. He just, you know, we've spoken about it on this podcast many times that, you know, he doesn't have a lot of backing behind him, but you know, sells a lot of sausages and sausage chisels and all that sort of stuff, and has really, really expe- exceeded a lot of the expectations. And when you look at his progression through, as opposed to some other people that have come through, he's uh, clearly been the class of the Super Two field. Lewis, what about what was your weekend highlight? Uh, I really. Um Enjoy watching Simona do well. Um, yep. Obviously, her, her rookie season had a fair chunk of um, ups and downs. Let's be honest, it was mostly downs, um, especially in the second part of the year. But at a track that no one else knew, I guess the, the playing field was a bit leveled. Um, and, and she seemed to adapt to it really quickly. And, and she offered a bit more than a lot of the regular guys. I guess she she must look at things differently. And, and I thought her performance there was a promising sign for next year, too, given that she'll have you know a, a whole chunk more experience in these cars. And and her success, let's be honest, it's only you know good for the sport when that kind of happens. So, um, yeah, kudos to her. I thought she did really well. The results might not have shown that, but if you actually like took the time to watch the races, she was um, one of the top performers. Yeah, I, yeah I, she was. She was passing people where not many other people were passing. Mm. She was yeah, that, that was amazing to watch. That was um, yeah. That's one of those insights that she brings that perhaps the other guys who grew up in the cars don't. So it was nice that it actually worked out one like well for her for a change. Well, street races yeah, were always one of her strongest strongest suits in in the champ card or the cart IndyCar days. So it always stood to reason she was would go quite strong there, especially one where no one had any experience. Yeah, well, she you know she she kind of set everyone up in that in that same corner. It was like bang, 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 straight past them, and you would have thought the uh, everyone else's engineers would have said, "Hey, Simona's been good at this quarter. Make sure if she's behind you, she's probably going to come through. Hmm. Maybe watch out." 
Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give give people the heads up. What about you, Davey? What was your highlight for the weekend? Well, man, my highlight was probably the entire weekend for the like for the greater good of the sport. How the championship played out. Uh, was Wing Cup having the problem on Saturday? Uh, and just that last, just the entire last race was just unbelievably epic to watch. I watched the, all, all of it this morning. Yep. And. Yeah, even I. Generally, when I rewatch races, I fall asleep because I kind of know all the results. But I, <laughs> Spoiler alert! I, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't say that, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was just epic. It was epic, epic battle the whole way through. You never know uh, who was going to win it, win the championship at the end. It was, you know, it come down to basically the last, the very last lap of the last race of the year. So for me, it's. Just awesome for the sport unbelievable yeah. yeah absolutely i would agree with you and my my weekend highlight was the the super two nissan cup which read itself again uh, which we've seen a couple of a couple of, a couple of times throughout the year and man those guys can find each other you know regardless of i think i think uh caruso won it by 10 points is that right <laughs> the championship? yeah i think uh, so it's very very close in that in those four cars now, straight off the bat, I think we need to say a big congratulations to you, Davey, for your uh, winner of the Barry Sheen Medal for 2017. It's, yeah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was epic. It was unbelievable. I, I was, uh, it was a genuine surprise to me. I didn't really know. Uh, I, I thought it would be... Uh, like during, On Saturday, Cole Hitchcock said to me, oh, you won the award on, on, um, on Monday night, so you've got to stay sober, which... When you're sober to that event, it's, it's not as fun as being happy to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I thought it was the driver's driver because all the drivers were telling me that they uh, voted for me. So, they must be liars. When my name didn't get read out for that, I was like, oh, shit, I probably won the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think of, of all the drivers that were there, I think it was um, very well deserved by, by you uh, to win Thanks, it. Man. I appreciate it. Your speech was pretty spot on as well. I thought that was a really nice sentiment to to point out that or that you felt you won it by being yourself. And yeah. that's all you can ever ask for. Exactly right. That's what I've been trying to tell everyone for years. Yep. <laughs> don't, don't try and make me do good speeches because I'm hopeless at it. Just yeah. let me be a retard and I'm good at being a retard. <laughs> <laughs> don't prepare, you'll be fine. And I, actually, I, I was sitting there during your, your acceptance speech kind of thinking if Barry Sheen was still here, the trouble that you two would get into, <laughs> into together. It was yeah, apparently hilarious. it was a really good, like a, just a lad and just, just a lunatic and he had a good time. Yeah, I've only, I've only ever seen highlights. Unfortunately, I, you know, I didn't actually get to meet him, but I, I, I presume that you two would get into great amounts of trouble. Yeah, that's what everyone tells me, so... <laughs> kind of happy <laughs> I think you'd be happy as well <laughs> um, well okay boys let's break down the weekend two massive days like a massive crowd I don't think Newcastle could have got any better with the, the, the crowd that was there and the racing that was put on it really showcased the sport the unpredictability and also how something like that can bring an event to a to a city I couldn't believe the queue at the gates on Friday morning when we walked into the track around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Like there was, oh, a, same. it was massive. Like for a it was Friday. Just practice day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah fifty thousand on practice day. Un- incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, but it really there was like a there was a buzz and a genuine atmosphere around the whole weekend from the moment you stepped foot on the circuit to the moment you left. Yeah, like I think 
it will get better, obviously, as the years go on. You know, they'll try and flush out some of those hippies in the staircase section so they don't put up that blue matting everywhere and give people a bit more general general admission mm. um, viewing. But, you know, all in all, it's just a huge weekend. Massive success for the category and yeah. Newcastle itself. And, and, I mean, as a driver, that must give you great uh, confidence knowing that, you know, these sort of things, if you take them to the right place, that the people will come and the people will follow and then you've got more fans following the sport and it's good for your profile and for the sport's profile. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to push for the Aubrey 500. (laughs) 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 uh, Make it fully inclusive. The Aubrey Wodonga 500, the first cross-state event. On the causeway, the causeway 500. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was cool. Like that, we did a driver's parade um, on Saturday. We normally do it at the bigger events and you know, Bathurst is the prob- is the best one, but that one probably exceeded Bathurst as far as how many people there was, yeah. And you know, the the type of response and atmosphere we got, everyone was shouting your name. It was cool as it was something really special. Well, the 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 championship really came down to the two big combatants, and we kind of knew this was going to happen. And it was really on Saturday. It was really Scott Scotty Mack who landed the first blow on Saturday, taking pole, taking the race win. That was that was an impressive performance on Saturday. Uh, yeah, he did his job, qualified on pole, uh, beat me off the start, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he kind of half controlled the race after that. Um, yes, he was he was pretty pretty fast. I, I think I was I was leading the race for a bit, mm-hmm. but I lost the tyre quite badly. Right. Um, after we we undercut him, and I lost a tyre probably ten laps into my stint. In the last inch, and it kind of destroyed destroyed me a bit. So, yeah, my car wasn't the best after that. It was generally all my fault. But mate, he did his job well. He, uh, you know, drove as he normally does, fast and precise and well to win the race. And and um, you know, Wing Cup had that failure. Well, like he had that coming together with Caruso on lap one, mm. and then he smacked the fence and he got out and made some points. But otherwise. You know, it's, it's, that was kind of rare to see as well. You know, usually Wing Cup doesn't make stupid little errors like that. Yeah, it, it was um, it was a surprise, but I guess everyone had been talking so much about how hard the track was to pass on. And he, Shane got through on Caruso, and maybe Jamie figured, well, this might be my only chance in the opening few laps. Got to give it a yeah. go, and then the door closed. Well, exactly. For a driver, we've never raced there before, so yeah. we don't really know where to pass or whatnot, so you got to make what hay while the sun shine. Mm. And, mate, it was, yeah, it was unusual for him to make little little mistakes like that, and it, it kind of cost him the race or the championship at that point, because <laughs> I, I probably half-jinxed, you know, uh, car 17, because on Sunday morning I went up to Ludo, and I said, oh, mate, you've got one hand on the trophy, just make sure it's the hand with five fingers. <laughs> 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 if you know Ludo, he's, a, he's kind of, missing half of one of yeah. his hand, so he might, have, he might have been holding it in the wrong hand that slipped through. <laughs> but, I mean... In but, yeah, what, what, an epic, what an epic weekend for all that stuff to go on. And, yeah. You know, the, did Scott qualify on pole again? He did. On yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, it was that. Yeah, he did. Uh, that top so 10 shootout was had, awesome. Absolute shocker. Absolute shocker of a last race. Mm. And, he, and he tried to redeem himself best he could, and he put himself in the best spot, and drove his way through the field both times really after his two penalties three pen- two penalties yeah and it was on target to win and just made a small mistake in the turn one Lance got a run on him 
and he squeezed him, put him in the fence, and put Lambs out of the race. And then he got a post uh, a post race pit lane penalty after that, and he kind of lost the, the series based on that call. So, mate, it's as Bando and Massey, it was probably the hardest call they ever had to make. For sure, it was a call they made quickly too. When you think about when that incident happened, like yep. halfway around the penultimate lap, and the dis- the dis- verdict came down just as Scotty crossed the line, like that's. Well, they had to, didn't they? They had to. Did they? There was no way. Well, there's no way they were going to let it let it go till after the race, and then you know Scott won the championship, gets all the accolade and the press and stuff, and then said, "Oh no, we give you a, a pit lane penalty, which puts you back in the pack." and you've lost the championship they had to make the decision there and then so i would have thought this is something that might have been sorted out after the whole bathurst 2016 mess where we need i think what we need is a way of making these decisions in maybe a five ten minute period like that way like they, and this they didn't a, have five or ten minutes they had yeah literally one minute been, to make a call well, that's it. They no. played it as best they could, I think. You know, it didn't leave any oh, doubt not... in the result. Um, we're not talking about how, it, you know, how Scott could be champion now. It's 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 done and dusted. Jamie won it, and that's about what you want. That was the whole point of kind of rejigging the um the way the stewards work this year too to make mm. it, you know, more consistent and more efficient and and you know to avoid that Bathurst 2016 kind of result. And this one, yeah, it, it played out that way. It wasn't great for Scott, but. You know, the job was done. So the so the exactly. I mean the the penalty was handed down fairly quickly, but I personally think it was the right they made the right call. I think they got it spot on. I do, Absolutely, I do agree that it was the right call. But I'm just playing devil's advocate. If it was a much more line ball decision, this is a decision that effectively determines who wins the championship, and it has to be made in ninety seconds. Well. I don't think that's. I just don't think that's a fair thing to put on the officials. I do agree that they did a fantastic job in making that decision that quickly. Yep. But I don't think that's a position they should be put in. If they if they get it wrong, then that's probably right. But they but they made the right call. I think it was pretty clear cut from where they sat and from all the replays they got it right. So they so so that ninety seconds actually justifies but justifies that's the, that's their the thing. It was a reasonably clear-cut case, but eventually there may come a time where it's not. Yeah. No, I I agree. I don't know what sort of recourse there is to, to hold that decision back, but, you know. So, playing devil's accurate here for a second, as you do, do you think that, that, that the pit lane speeding uh, infringement by Scotty was kind of what unraveled his whole day? Because it looked like... Uh, after... Yeah, that, well, that put him under pressure for the yeah. rest of the race. And he had to make positions because he was buried back in the pack. Well, he had to make a, you know... He had to park people, which is hard enough around there, so he had to do it. He had to just put pressure on him. So, yeah, that's why he probably crashed into Simona, um, turned her around and got another pit lane penalty for it. But otherwise, if he didn't get that pit lane... If he didn't, cra- if he didn't turn Simona around, he probably... It's always hard to say, but he probably would have won it quite easily. Well, it's and in- he had the speed on everyone around him, so yeah. I think mean, it's kind of funny the championship really came down to who managed their bad days a bit. But mm. It always does across though. the. Well, you look at it across the year. Like Jamie didn't win until Townsville, but he was pretty consistent. And you know, off the you know the the first race of the year, Scott had um, that shocker at Quitzel where you know got the 
was leaving behind the safety car and then you look at Bathurst and Scott got no points but Jamie managed to get back out and get some points and again on a Saturday Jamie managed to, to get a few points to really minimise how bad the bad day could have been and you know Scott's bad day on Sunday was just a, a shocker again and yeah. it was those kind of ones there was, no, there was no doubt to anyone who watched this year that Scott was the faster driver and mm-hmm. DJR Team Penske were the faster car you know, they didn't have the consistency that Jamie and Triple H had well, I would... But also, also, it comes back to win cup. You know, when when the car's only good enough for third, he takes third. Yeah. When the car's yeah. only good enough for seventh, it's seventh that day. He doesn't try and get sixth or fifth, or you know, he doesn't lose spots. He just he just does his job better than most people in the category. Unfortunately, <laughs> it sucks after it sucks after racing because I know he's good. Well, but well, he, for... he just, he, it's just consistency gets the championship done. For me, if it was if I was running that team, and it's, and it's probably difficult to say, but it was the two shell cars that were pinged for pit lane speeding. You know, Coulthard was was pinged first. I would have thought they would have gone on the radio and gone. They did. They absolutely got on the radio and told to, Scotty, warned him, take it easy on the way in. And they and, st- and he surpri- still got pinged. That's the really surprising thing. It's weird that both of them were done. Yeah, it's. My my memory's a little foggy, but have they been pinged for pit lane speeding this year at all? I have a feeling they've got pinged somewhere else. It rings a bell. Yeah. Anyway, it's just something I was thinking of. So you know, if they get pinged halfway through halfway through the year, and then surely you'd fix whatever it is that you think you'd needed to fix to not let it happen again. But you know, ultimately. You but you can't lie. Like when you speed across the line in pit lane, you can't lie anymore. Whereas back in the old days, you used to be able to, you know, hide behind a car and sort of go roll for the in. Go, yeah, yeah, but these days there's a five-metre timing or speed loop mm-hmm. that calculates your speed over the first five metres in, in pit lane. So you can't really argue with that anymore. Well, it was yeah, funny because the, the telemetry yeah. didn't, didn't sh- like, show that he was under for most of that five minutes. So I'm not actually sure where the infringement was. And then, then you had Van Gisbergen who came flying in again. Like he did at Pukekohe, he didn't hit Scotty this time, but, you know, made up ground on that. But that was prior to him crossing the, f- the line of pit entry. Sure. So. He did He did 44 k's over the line, or like in that first five metres. Aha, uh-huh. right. Interesting. Okay. So, ge- generally the um, pit lane speed limit does about 38 and a half on yep. the limiter. Mm-hmm. So, if you, if you roll over in, you know, 42 k's or something like that, and then it drops down to 38 k's you might make depends obviously where you do it might make 40 40 k's in that five meters but if you do like 44 across the line and then drop down to 40 whatever it is you know it's, 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 it's a foolproof system you can't really fail it anymore i don't think mm-hmm. which is why we almost so- need one at the other end of pit lane to stop people buttoning off yeah the uh, button earlier which it's i more which make, i tend to do that to try and make some spots <laughs> 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 you never really make a spot of it. You might make half a car or whatnot, but you know, sometimes that's you enough. Gotta, you just got to take take the edge as, as close as you can to the rules. Take t- the limit as close as you can. I, I tell you what, that that the Sunday race was one of the most unbelievable things I think I've ever seen. Mm, In I the know. fact that you didn't know who was gonna, how it was gonna play out. You know, whether SVG was going to let Wink up past at <laughs> so all. I thought that was about the only was. certainty, yeah, exactly. Well, that was like, the only thing you knew was going to happen. But, you know, I, it's SVG, and so Scott, you might not. Scott had so. a lot of friends as well. He had a, yeah. a, lot of, um, a lot of the other Ford drivers letting him through, like Waters let him through. 
Yeah. And then I think something happened at turn one where uh, was it Courtney and maybe McLaughlin had a thing going on, and then Waters got a run on him, but kind of rolled out of it and let him back through. Yeah, they, oh. they, yeah, they had a little bit of a. There was a little bit of a, a, a exchange there, but yeah, I, I thought I thought Courtney before was was pretty gentlemanly, and it was funny because I was sitting there in the in the Fox Cube looking at you know the people who he's coming up on, and there's like James Courtney probably wants to be the last DJR champion, so probably won't let him <laughs> past, and then he gets up on the back of Scotty Pye. It's like right, the last DJR driver that they gave the boot to probably. Wouldn't want to let him pass. And on comes the indicator yeah. coming up what street and pa- and past he goes. Which street? I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was interesting. Exactly. Yes. Um, it was interesting because then he came up on Moff and I thought, oh, they're, they're really tight, these two. But I don't think Moff's going to let him pass easy. And then it's just all, you know. To be fair, it was a, it was a decent old dive bomb on both the GRM cars. That That's true. On. Yeah. The rea- I know... Watching in the media truck, the reaction when Scotty lo- threw it down the inside of Tanda into turn two. That was, was just... That was a good move. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was a move. That was clutch. Mm. I mean, for, for, a, for a track that SVG and Wing Cup were both talking down... In terms there of was, passing opportunities. In terms of passing opportunities, there was a, a decent amount of, of opportunities if you had your car set up right and could, could make the move. Yeah, you could. There was a lot of uh, like challenging braking zones, like turn six. There was always that was always challenging. So if your car was set up a bit better, you could sneak down the inside there. And also, out sorry, not turn six. What am I saying? Turn eleven. Which one's that? Like, like five. That's one? the hair. Eleven, isn't it? Yeah, down at the hairpin. Yeah, the hairpin. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and and then people also passing on the last corner, which generally you didn't think there much. There was much passing opportunity there, but. Because the cars run a lot wider out of 11 and then cut back for, for 12, they use a lot more road. So if you just arrow in behind them, you can almost gain the same amount of road as them. Oh, sorry, you can, you can have less distance travelled and you can make it a passing opportunity. Which, yeah. No one really passed into turn one. Um, and well, Brighty tried on the restart with well, Glockler. Well, that's exactly that what work. I was going to say. Yeah, that, that kind of put a lot of damage on the back of that on the 17 which I thought it actually wasn't going to go the race distance it could that easily was restart was it yeah 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 Brighty had two wheels off the front two wheels off the ground yeah and it was it, it was hung up on him a long time yeah like a good like good 50 metres down the road they were still together so, oh it was unbelievable I thought oh this is going to end in I guess that's another thing how that's how the 17 car a, made it to the end made of the race, it. and B, did so with still enough pace to pass both GRM cars. Yeah. I think it, goes, I think it shows you the, the pace of Scotty as well, that he's mm. full boot into it. So when you go to a new circuit like that, Dave, and you, you walk around and you have a look at it all, I mean, did it... What, what do you talk about on your, on, your, on your pit walks and stuff? Oh, yeah. So for once, they made me walk the track. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, mate, it was all good. Um, so, yeah, we generally talk, we, we have, like, a, a simulated data lap. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we go off and look at look at braking markers and, and braking zones off that. So, you just talk about, you know, look and look. Well, I, I do myself, everyone might be different. I might say, oh, okay, there's a, a metal fence at the, 
at um, turn two. I'm trying to aim for that for braking and then um, just, just pass the pit wall for turn one and I'll just try and get a, you know, there's a zebra crossing at turn five, I think the right-hander I was trying to use as a marker and, and um, turn six, it, when you walk it, it didn't look that bumpy but doing 200 k's around there, it was very, very, very bumpy. Mm. It was very, yeah. Turn six, what do I always keep saying turn six? <laughs> you know what I mean, turn, Well, the hairpin. Um, the, the orange park. I turn six, I've lost the plot. Yeah, you're at Simmons Plains Day. Yeah. <laughs> the orange park into the town hall hairpin. It doesn't even have six turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that lead up around turn 10, 11, there yeah. were so many bumps there, man. It was really, really hard to set your car up there. And, um, yeah, so that, that caught us out how bumpy it was. The circuit itself was very, very, very rough. Mm. And um, we, we didn't expect it to be so rough. We thought it'd be smooth because it all got refilled and there was heaps of new patches and stuff that made it was, it was super bumpy. That caught us all by surprise, I think. So, I mean, the, the new the, the new bit with the turn 11 around the hairpin, I mean, that that should have been fairly smooth, wasn't it? Or did they not do a good job yeah. when they re- redid it? That, that, that was all good, but, like, the lead-up to it, the braking zone, yep. and all the staircase, that was so rough. Like, mm. uh, five, six, seven, and eight, I think it is, or whatever. I don't know. I'm not very good at counting That's... terms, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I need a track map. <laughs> um, the the yeah, staircase. The staircase was really bumpy, and then out of out of two, sorry, into two was very bumpy, very, very bumpy. Um, How's the bumps up me? what street? Because it looked, because I was watching the 86s go up there, and you could see them almost, not quite taking off, but you'd see them really compress halfway up and all that. How's that in your car? Uh, it wasn't too bad. We always, that's why you saw everyone come out of turn one and just drive to the in, uh, the middle of the track, just to mm-hmm. try and li- limit the ups and downs. Mm. But it's, it's, uh, it looks like San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes up and up and up. It was actually, it was really cool to, for myself, that was a very hard braking zone. The next, the next part, turn two, that's where I locked the brake, and I just did like a two hundred meter flat spot tire. And oh wow! Flat spot. Yeah, it was. It was. It went to zero for a long, long time. I don't know why I didn't try and save it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the biggest lock up I've ever had in my life. I think. Sure. Besides going to jail and getting locked up. <laughs> Surely. Not that I have been, but that's the off season. <laughs> exactly. Season, yeah. Um, surely, I think next year there'll be a few track tweaks, no doubt. I'm sure that having a look back, they may take the gates out from the jutting out from inside the track and probably put them on the or from the outside of the track and put them on the inside of the track. So where McLaughlin and Lowndes came together because that fence was sticking out, they might just yeah. put that the other way and move it in. So it does. It's not going to be a problem for the next couple of years. You would hope so because you can't have fences and parts of track sticking out. Surely that's no. Surely they would have done that anyway, wouldn't they? Well, there must have been a reason why they've done that. They, yeah. Normally they do it that way. Mm. Well, I think the issue there was more that it was pushed into it than anything else. But yeah, you know, that, that got sorted out. Remember, a couple of minutes after. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old man. He was so animated, wasn't he? Oh, he well, to see. Yeah, he was not a happy bunny. I don't. Throwing his gloves and he was pissed off. Well, I don't yeah, know. Were he in the championship tenth or something? And yeah, it, went yeah. from sixth to tenth. That cemented it, so. No, good on him. It shows he still cares. Still cares, yeah. That's mm. great. Well, he took I his gloves off, threw them on the ground. The Did you? Yeah, I didn't see that. I thought everyone saw that. When you threatened to kill someone by spiking yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> How did we well, forget? <laughs> that's not a that's, that's 
a Sunday for you, isn't it? It's a Sunday, so just a Friday night. Yeah. No, I honestly thought switching someone to Mickey was like giving them a laxative. I didn't know it was actually like a neurotoxin to kill them. Look, we all learnt something over the weekend, didn't we? Dude, didn't we? Uh, I, I, oh, did, well. I did have a laugh because the, the first words I heard was, I've been watching Narcos, and then it just snowballed from there. Yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> but we have been watching Narcos. Yeah. It's a, it's good. on today, tonight, the other week, some dude wanted to kill someone for like a $300 and a pack of cigarettes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I know. There you go. It's probably in Western Sydney or something. <laughs> So, Jamie Winkup, Winkup really did everything he had to do on Sunday. He got got to second, got into the lead, drove really faultlessly on uh, on Sunday. I thought to to take both the the race win and the and the championship win. It was a faultless drive. It was very good. He was like I said, he's the ultimate champion. He just does what he has to do to get the job done. And even in his, his acceptance speech, I love the kid that he said of. I basically got no other life but this, <laughs> this trophy. <laughs> he goes, I know it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, even when you go on, you know, you go hang out with him, go on holidays or what with him, he goes, you might have one night, you know, one night on the piss and have a good time, and then he goes into championship mode again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, because after he celebrated it, you know, I, before he got on the podium, he threw himself in the fountain, which I thought, oh, that's... That's cool, but that's I wouldn't be doing that in the fountain. It's courageous. Uh, courageous, yes. Yeah. And then on his way to the studio, he jumped off the buggy, ran over to the to the to Roland's boat, which was the the Red Bull corporate. Got on the boat, grabbed a beer off someone, went up to the top of the boat, necked a beer, mm. yeah, sculled it, and then backflipped into the harbour and stuck the landing. Yeah, like, did stick the landing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so cool. Yeah, just and, like his bucks party that day. Uh, funny. <laughs> he invited me to go up with him but I never got the I never got the call back. I said I would come but yeah. Now on the boat I mean we'll jump into the into the river or whatever yeah. the ocean. I mean we don't get the a harbor. lot of that emotion from from Jamie normally, so it was kinda of good to see him let his guard down a little bit and do something that was a little bit uh, you know, celebratory rather than just stand oh, in the great. car and yeah, yeah. Straight for the sport. Yeah. I mean you, bit of personality, bit of personality, bit of character goes a long way. Correct. Can win you even can even win you a medal apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this the are we, we going to is this the start of seeing the real Jamie from from next year, or is, will he still go back into mostly championship mode and then everything else? Oh, he's got more to win. So, what do you expect? Yeah. yeah. You never know. You never really know. He's enigmatic. He's just one of those blokes. He just does whatever he wants. He's seven time champion. That's yeah. I'm a seven-time champion. Watch out, <laughs> world. Watch out, everyone. Oh, I I think you would you would let loose after just one, wouldn't you? I'd probably die. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be dead within a week. <laughs> if um, I won seven, my head wouldn't be able to fit through any door. I'd be just. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be massive. It'd be so. What were you like after Formula Ford? Then was that just uh, the biggest night of your life? Uh, what have I, I can't even remember. Oh, they shaved my head. <laughs> right. They, to help they fit through the doors. And they, they, um, uh, yeah, got me down and shaved my head. Yeah. I've got other stories, but I'm not even going to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we finish. Um, I'm endorsing a type of life that I can't, I shouldn't be. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, when it, when it boils down to it, at, at this moment in time, Wink Up is the greatest we've seen. And I know we've spoken about on previous podcasts this year that, you know, I don't think will most people will truly appreciate him until he's retired. But at this moment in time, with seven, surely got to be the greatest. 100% agree. Mm. Yep. Same, it's same. too hard to argue in statistically or just performance-wise because it, it's only just been over a decade since he started winning races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once he started, he was just immediately dominant. It wasn't like he worked up to the first championship. Yeah. Just his second year at Triple Eight, that was it. Good to go. And, you know, it's been a few guys had a look in since, but mostly it's him. The funny thing is that a bit was made about the fact that Townsville was his first win this year and that it sort of ended a bit of a drought. That drought was only, was I think, his second longest in the category. And it was like less, like maybe nine months. That That is the <laughs> second longest period of time Jamie Wincup has gone mm. in the space of a decade without winning a race. That's like, that's it, isn't it? Like, it's pretty, pretty special. I mean, the statistics are frightening, really, for everyone else on the grid. Um, you know, that he was like, so far ahead of everyone else. And, and you know, he's got one, one year left on, on his deal with with Triple Eight, and then, who, who knows? knows? We're, we're, I think DJR, uh, straight to DJR. <laughs> <laughs> to make this championship more than the others was the first time he's really not had the fastest car all year. Yep. Mm. yep. Um, and that was probably the most telling thing. I think that's why people now, even though it took seven championships to get there, but they kind of given him the recognition that he really deserves because, yeah, in, in a straight fight, that, that shell car was just so much quicker than anyone else. But he made it count, and that's proper championship stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Perfectly sure. said. Yeah, when the, when the chips are down, he kind of rises above and goes to a to a whole new level. It, you know, and we, you know, we've, we've had a snapshot of the, the personal sacrifices and everything else that he's made. And, David, you said that he kind of lives and breathes it and everything else he'll let his guard down for a little bit and then it's you know game on for championship so it's yep. interesting that those things are, to, are are all consuming for for him and you know i guess that's why he's the one he's, he's the best exactly right yeah the other the other, i i was going to say the other stealing performance i think from the weekend davy was you with a with a podium on sunday yeah thanks man I believe in myself I probably could have won both races. Yep. But uh, obviously on, on Saturday I locked that tyre and then, then I got a loose wheel, which, you know, you got no speed after the wheel goes loose. I think it was from the extra vibration or something like that from the flat spot that made the wheel go loose. And then um, on sun, Sunday uh, we were fast car on track, undercut everyone. And my rear roll bar actually snapped in half. Oh. So that's why, like when Shane put pressure on me, I locked the front tyre quite bad and he got past. And, and then after that, I kind of struggled to make not a lot of pace. So yeah, I didn't have a rear roll bar. Oh, jeez. It was, it was really hard to drive because, you know, you got you know you really rely on that rear roll bar to turn the car and stop locking. So and I had heaps of understeer and um, heaps of front locking. So I had to run like um, a lot more rear bias. Mm-hmm. So in our in our cars it's a you know say fourteen turn bias system, and uh, so fourteen is just a just a number like the amount of turns you have to reach end to end. So seven is fifty fifty percent. So fifty fifty brake balance front and rear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually run a, we usually run 
between eight, eight and a half um, in in normal dry trim. So you know, trying to get a 60-40 split or whatever. But when the rear roll bar broke and I had so much front locking, that I had to run basically five and a half, which is a lot, lot, lot more to the rear, which made it very difficult to drive. So, mate, I was, I was super happy with the position at the end of at the end of the year. It must, it must give you confidence and a good like springboard to next year. You guys have actually been so competitive this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we roll into next year feeling amazing. Um, still got plenty more to give. Uh, Al's doing a fantastic job. He makes very, very good parts to the car and and good dampers and stuff like that. So and we get along pretty pretty well. You know, there's not a lot of stress between us. We just go rock up to the track and drive around and comment and try and fix it. That's all we do. You know, it's, there's, you know there's probably a lot of science behind his thoughts of it, but. You know, I've got understeer, let's try and fix it. Oh, I can't brake, let's try and fix it. It's, it's pretty simple. We, you know, we have a shit race where I've got no tyre life, we'll fix it for the next one. You know, it's not, it's not a bad environment whatsoever. It's actually the best environment I've ever been in. Yeah, I think I saw a stat that there was four teams that have won this year. And you're one of those four teams. So I guess if you keep winning, you can't dodge the underdog tag anymore, but you'll be... You know, know, getting out to outright favourites. I know, but I like underdog tag. It makes <laughs> me feel good about life. <laughs> but um, yeah, so besides the the Triple Eight Penske and the Pro Drive cars, I think I we're the only team that won the, another race. So yeah, yeah. And this is a stat that yeah, there'll be a lot of good cars in that. Hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's a very very tough series at the top. It's very very challenging. Um. But there was one thing I was a little bit disappointed was I don't I didn't get a pole position. Yep. Sucks. We well, got it at Sandown, like we qualified first for the qualifying session, but obviously then you have two qualifying races after that, so we weren't really awarded with it. Well, you almost had a Bathurst, another Bathurst pole. Oh, kind of. But I got pumped in the end by fourteenth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so at, at the start of the year, would you have close. would you have thought that you would have taken? A Bathurst win, had a few podiums, you know, along the way. I mean, would you have dreamt that that would have happened at the start of the year? No, 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 definitely not. Um, you know, at the end of last year, you know, we had a couple of good races towards the end of the year. Uh, we changed tyre this year, and yeah, honestly, I can't believe how well we've adapted to it and, and just grown as a team. Like I said, every time we turn up to another track or we go to the next race weekend. We're a better, better performing team than we were before, and I suppose that's the end goal. We just try and try and um, build faster cars, build each other up, and and get better at the sport. So, yeah, mate. It's, it's, honestly, I wouldn't have predicted it at all. Well, not not only did you take a podium on the weekend, but you're a, the actual round winner for the Newcastle weekend. Yeah, I know. Someone told me that, and I was surprised. I was like, sweet. Yeah. Not that, not that no one cares about rounds anymore, but probably Noonan's still counting it. <laughs> <laughs> probably. It's a shame because it was because we ran the stats and it it was a heck of a podium at the, at the end of the weekend because it was you on top, then Lee Holdsworth in second, and then yeah. and then Tim Slade tied with McLaughlin for third. No way. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. 
Don't. It, w- it was certainly Newcastle oh, no, was the great equaliser. <laughs> Where's my trophy then? <laughs> you got a medal instead. Oh, I got a medal. No, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. But what about next right. year, Dave? I've got it right in front of me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I slept with yeah, it, but it's pretty heavy. What about next year? You've got um, you know, the new Commodore coming on. Um, yeah. Have you guys got any other big plans? I know you built a new car this year for yourself. Um, you know, Barry's not the kind of person that sits around twiddling his fingers. So, um, yeah, what's what's next for you guys? Uh, so, yeah, next year in Erebus, um, Anton comes on board, Anton Di Pasquale. So, yeah, hopefully he'll bring a nice, useful energy to the team. Um, but, yeah, we've got, we're building two new cars, two ZBs, and hopefully the ZB's a lot better in its, you know, aero package than it was than the, the, uh, what do we run this year? VF2. The VS. Yeah. And the VS yeah. was. Is that right? It's about right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we go back on the 2016 tyres. So there's a, there's a bit to think about over the off-season. But um, not too much. You know, the boys worked pretty hard the whole year. So just try and get these cars built, even though it's, it's a really, really big job to build a car. It's mm. about a thousand hours to build a car. Wow. Which is like, you know, 80, 12 hour days or 60, 12 hour days or something. Yeah. 80, 12 hour days, I think it is. That's huge. It's huge. So, um, it, uh, yeah, our car builder, Jimmy, does a fantastic job. So we've got one already. Um, I went and saw it today at the workshop. And, yeah, it looks pretty brand new. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, uh, as well as Pasquale coming in, we've got, you know, a few other young guys coming in as well. Yeah, um, heaps, heaps into the category. Yeah, well, you know, Richie Stanaway, who did a fantastic job in the Enduro Cup this year, will be coming in. Uh, yeah. Maybe Jack LeBrock will be coming in. Hazelwood is, is you know, coming in. And uh, Bieber. Heimgardner. You know, Heimgardner might be back in. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, and how do, you, how do you think the... who? Okay, so of all these young guys coming in, if you look at your crystal ball, who's going to be the best performer out of them all? Well... Yeah, I can. Oh, I, don't, I don't. I hate commenting on this stuff, but depends what what team and what car they have. Mm-hmm. Whoever's, whoever's going to be in the best team and car will be the best driver. <laughs> Valid point. So you're saying you're going to say Pasquale? They, well, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him up there and doing well for our team for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just they call it motorsport for a reason. Motor sports. He's got the best motor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just being an idiot now, but um, yeah, mate, it's going to be really, really interesting to see those young kids fight it out for the um, for the for the chocolates at the end. Yeah, I mean, Stanaway's a big chance as well, as long as um, Pro Drive get their act together. Uh, he'll be yeah. a, he'll be a massive uh, smoky, I reckon, for the for the year. Yeah, big time. Very aggressive driver too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and Will Davison's probably back in at twenty three red, so it's good to see him get another drive. Absolutely, that uh, you know that that uh, team that was LDM. It was, it's probably it's good for them to uh, to have someone of his calibre. Um, yeah, because he's he's still quick and he's still a still a race winner, and um, it would be as I said in the last podcast, it'd be a shame to see him on the sidelines without a drive because I think he's still too good to uh, to be without. Yeah, has that been announced? It has. It has. Has it? Uh, well, sorry, 23 Red has been announced. Yes. The driver is still... TBC. TBC. Oh, okay. 
but yes, well, 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 it's probably as good as done. So, yeah, you know. And apparently it's they've done. got some sort of like pro-driver line, so they might be getting pro-drive cars. So yeah, no, I think that's still that's, uh, to be worked out yet. Because I, I think though, I think it's going to be Waters' car from this year if they if they get one. So the Soundown 500 winning chassis. Yeah, exactly. Which is no slouch. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, that's going to be another. That's going to be a, a competitive package. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, they. Will's a very capable driver mm-hmm. and can do a good job. Yep. And if depending on what deal they do with ProDrive, also a a fifth input of data and driver experience from an experienced driver. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's yep. you know I mean you, you've you've worked with him before, Davey. You'll um, yep. you know I, I guess he brings good feedback and everything else to the the engineers and good stuff if he's given the right machinery. Yeah, mate. Will's Will's a great competitor, and he lives and breathes it, and that's all he thinks about. So you know he'll do well for the team. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now the the two big retirements at the end of this year is really Bridie who. You know, could possibly go off and do an enduro drive, and Todd Kelly, which will be. I mean, those two guys take. There's a lot of uh, experience gone off the grid. What do you think their legacy for those two is going to be? What do you think people are going to look back and go, that was their that was their moment. <laughs> it's a. I, I know it's a difficult question. Whoever talks first loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Todd, it's. It's unfortunate that the past few years have sort of coloured everyone's immediate rem- immediate memory of him because he, you think back to the 2000s, early 2000s to mid-2000s, he was the first teammate that really got it over Mark Scaife. And that's not, a, not, a, that's not an easy thing to have done. Mm. And he was probably... Like, the results probably don't bear this out as well given the position that HRT were in at the time, but he was probably their lead driver in, t- in the championship standings for a good couple of years. Yeah. Well, both of them are Bathurst winners. So, you know, that's not an easy feat, as as Davey will, will know. Uh, Lewis, what, what about you? What will be your lasting memory of these two of these two lads? Well, I think Todd kind of signified a new generation coming into the sport when he mm-hmm. first rocked up. I remember he was only like, he was under 18 years old when he was at Bathurst in 98 with John Faulkner, and he it was clearly someone to keep an eye on. And as you said, like, when he, when he went through those kind of, um, that Holden process, you know, with the Kmart team and then HRT eventually, he was, I guess, the next in line. But it didn't quite pan out for him. But he still managed to uh, grab a few wins and a bassist, obviously. And Brady is another one who, um, you know, started promisingly. And in many ways, I guess, a few career decisions probably hampered him a little bit. You know, if he stuck around at PWR instead of going to, you know, that first year at uh, FPR at the time or if he, you know, stayed at FPR instead of going to, you know, run his own team at Stone Brothers, essentially. It, it could have been different for him, so they're both fascinating. I think both would be um, huge assets to anyone if they get them for the Enduro Cup. You know, they've just got so much experience. You know, especially given there are so many young guys next year, it would be mm. a, a pretty wise move to pair, you know, two of the most experienced guys you've ever seen with you know, a couple of young words. So I think they still got a little bit to give. I don't think this story is necessarily over, but um, yeah, as it stands as a legacy, I think they can both hold their heads pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. What about what you, about Dave? Bobby, he's done with Kelly Racing. You know, that's a pretty good legacy to leave behind. Yeah, absolutely. Start your own team throughout the, the Holden, you know, the, the start of the Holden era and then the, the Nissan as well. I mean, they, they 
to land a new manufacturer and bring them into the yeah. sport. They were the first ones to do that. Yep. Uh, that's it's no mean feat. I mean, it's a it's a massive undertaking, as you know, other people have found out. Um, so I yeah I think that um, you know it, it's a it, it'll be a, a big shame for them not to to be there. I think I think Todd's giving it up completely because of his knee and that. But yeah. um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a shame not to see them on the grid full time. But I think some of these younger guys coming through is is exciting for the for the sport. I mean. It's, you know, I, you need to turn I these guys... Have, I, sorry, I do have time to think. Because uh, after I got uh, sacked from Walkinshaw Racing, you know, the Kellys took me on and gave me another another shot. Yeah, that's right, because you are in the, the Stratco car. Yeah, I was, yeah, 2011. Yeah. The Stratco car. Yep. And that fantastic ad where you were yes. in a glass case in the shed. Correct. Amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One of the best. Some some of his best acting, is it? That was a, that was a cool company, and they did some funky ads. So yep. yeah, I was, I was glad to be a part of that. Until it all fell over at the end, there, which kind of sucks. But you know, that was years and years ago. So years ago. So boys, coming to the end. What's your last, Lewis? What's your lasting memory of of this year? Um, without blowing smoke up his ass, I think Davies went at Bathurst. Um, oh, thanks, buddy. It was just, that was a tremendous race. I think, you know, you guys were there at the end when it mattered, but you also had to pace in the wet um, all day. And I think, you know, even though it was a race where you were lauded quite heavily, it probably wasn't quite enough at the time because mm. it was such an impressive performance for, a, with all due respect, a pretty small team. You really outshone everyone. And the race thanks, itself was drama. Um, you know, that, that place delivers year after year. Um, plenty of good guys and good teams couldn't do what you guys did, so I think that was a, a tremendous thing. And as we touched on Thank before, you. there was only three other teams that won, and you guys did it. So that's my lasting impression of the year. I thought that was just a, a classic moment. Awesome. Thanks, brother. What about you, Davey? Uh, me? You can't yeah. say that, though. <laughs> I've already that one, you? Ooh. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Come, come to me at the end. Do we have any questions? Do you remember how last time you said you were going to ask people to write? Yeah, no, we, we had a few questions. I can't remember what they were, but we did yeah, have we a... Oh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Under the bus. Yeah. No, it was Apologies a... to the people who wrote in. We, yeah, we yeah, buried we... that one, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we kind of forgot the Auckland no. wash-up. Um, Will, what about well, you? Actually, but I'll, I'll be serious. My highlight was probably the entire year. Yeah. You know, I've had such a fun, fantastic year. Good results. Learned heaps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been classic. But for the sport, had to be the last race of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, as highlights go, I think, or my lasting memory of the year, thinking back to Sunday in Adelaide when Van Gisbergen turned up and romped through... Both oh, poles and both oh, wins. Everyone. Yeah, exactly. It was the fear that oh, is it another is it another year where Red Bull's going to walk over everyone, and it wasn't. Yeah. And like I, we couldn't have asked for a better championship fight. Yeah. I don't think so. That's probably that's my abiding memory of this year that it was a Very competitive true. year. Yeah, and no, I would say the well, same thing to see that the you know the two teams duke it out all year with no you know and both of them having to lift at different points. And a bit of needle between them as well. well yeah, well, we love that. 
love a little bit of needle. So um, yeah, that, that that that's it for uh, for my highlight. And David, you're about to say something else. Was that, to me. Or was your highlight the, the same as Will's? No, well, it kind of <laughs> it, it kind of merged into. It was I, that I, good a highlight? I, I was in a grants, but um, I, I would uh, also say that that Bathurst as a whole is is always a highlight for me. So, you know, because you don't, it's totally unpredictable, and you don't know who's going to win. And I'm super glad that that you took the chocolates home at the end of the day. So, so now your highlight is Lewis's highlight. <laughs> well, I'll still Davies in a second. Like the revolving door policy at LDM that was pretty good. Oh. Uh, the crash at Tassie that was up there. there was plenty of plenty <laughs> of moments. Do you want to race? Tad Douglas didn't want to race at first because he had a wedding to go to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as the footy title win as well. Yeah. Plenty of, plenty of high moments there. Good, interesting stories. Yeah, before we um before we go, I just really wanted to to thank you boys, uh, Lewis, Will, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk rubbish with you after every round, and it's uh it's been awesome. So thank you thanks, all. Thanks yeah. thanks for having us. Uh, uh, Thanks for starting this with us. It's been cool fun. Yeah, no, no it's, it been, it's been mega. I um, also want to thank Ryan Story and Paul Murray for their feedback this year and kind of spurring us on and telling us we're doing good things. So I'm listening in the first PM. place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he he's a he's an avid listener and a, you know, know avid podcaster, and so we we shout out because that's it's awesome to have people like that listening. We should we should get him on. He's the funniest dude ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's in my plans for next year. Don't worry, we haven't told him yet. So so Paul Murray, if you're listening, we're going to have you on next year, and it's going to be awesome. You're on, um, big guy. You're on. <laughs> you, you can guarantee it a million percent. Yeah, um, I also want to thank everyone who has listened to our our rubbish gibberish. gibberish for the for the past year. It's been an awesome awesome time, and being able to to, to chat supercars with um with three. Legends is always good, and uh, I hope people have got something out of it. And um, yeah, let's get nice. ourselves a sponsor for this so we get paid. We should, yes, let's do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, well, um, thanks guys for the year, and we will hope wishing everyone a Merry Christmas and a very safe new year. And we will hopefully see you all next year. Bye.